Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. So glad to have y'all, dear friends, for many years. So good to see them. All of our guests, we, we pray you can feel what we love. This is why we come to church, to feel His presence. And He is in this building today. Amen. I, I feel this today. It's, it's, it's a year of release. Things that have been bound are going to, doors are going to open. It's a year of release. Come on, it's a year of release. Things that have been held back, the doors are going to be, it's just going to be like when the, when the prison doors open and every, every prisoner's bands were loosed. Hallelujah. You don't have to worry any longer. Just praise Him. Just praise Him. Oh, this room became noisy a while ago because we were singing with a lifted up voice with joy in our hearts. How many know that? You praise Him and the bands are just going to come off. The doors are going to open. Just praise Him. The book of Matthew chapter 21, Jesus in verse 9, I feel something in my spirit today. Hallelujah. How many of you need a healing in your body? Would you raise your hand? I feel the miracle touch of His presence. Hallelujah. I want, I want everybody in the room to say, Lord, forgive me. My sins and things I haven't done right. I'm asking you to give me mercy. Jesus, have mercy on me. I need you in my life right now. Lord, let your healing power come up on each and every one of them in this room that need a miracle. We've seen you do it so many times. Just reach up and begin to love the Lord here today. There's power. In the name of Jesus, I pray for healing upon these wonderful people. You'd heal every person in this room today. You know exactly what they need from you. In Jesus' name. 
Tell your neighbor it's a year of release. Do you believe that? I'm just in the Holy Ghost right now. I'm following what I feel in my spirit. I like the Lord put a word in my spirit for you today. It will set the theme um, for entering into 2024. And um, so Matthew 21 and 9 reads this. And Jesus went into the temple. I think it's awesome when he comes into the temple. He's here. I don't want to be in the temple if he's not there. Can I get an agreement? And cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves and said unto them, It is written, My house shall be called the house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. It was never supposed to be about business. It's supposed to be about his presence. Let me know it's true. For the next three weeks, I'm going to be teaching about the house of prayer. My house, he says, should be called a house of prayer. And in another book, it's, he said, all nations shall call my house a house of prayer. And then one of the other gospels, he said, he said, it is the house of prayer. As the scripture said, it's the house of prayer. And uh, its goal should be to pray to him. That's why we are here, to call on his name. Can you say amen? I think he demonstrates right there that as soon as things were set in order, the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. The goal is to pray to him and he healed us. You believe that? I'm going to talk to you today about the house of prayer. God bless you. You may be seated. I've said it from this pulpit multiple times over the last few months. I even made reference today uh, to somebody about a message that our evangelist, Brother Shane Burns, preached several years ago before even it was before 2020 and COVID, he preached on where matters. Where matters. Where you live. Where you go to church matters. I mean, no, it matters. Location matters to God. It's very, very specific. I even preached here a little over a year ago about strategically located. Now, I talked about the city of Jerusalem. Matter of fact, they're still fighting over there right now, dealing with, because the fact of the matter is they do not want the Jews to be at Zion or Jerusalem. I mean, no. There's a lot of anti-Semitism rising up in our own country. Who ever thought, would have thought that would happen? But it's end time. I'm not trying to be political. I'm just trying to make you aware. But it's end time. Jesus even taught us to watch the fig tree, speaking of the Jews and Israel, watch what's going on there. And when you begin to see that they're still fighting over this piece of ground, it was a strategically located place. One reason was, and I'll remind you, is that you could get from Europe to Africa. You'd have to go right without a boat. By land, you'd have to go through Jerusalem. If you wanted to get from Africa to Asia, you would travel and go through Jerusalem. It was a tiny, tiny spot on the map, but you could reach three continents by getting just right through that location. It uh, was strategically located 
And the Lord said, that's where I want to put my name there. I want to place my name in Jerusalem. Even Brother Raymond Woodward came here and talked about how the mountains were, were shaped as the shin and as the, the Hebrew letter and that it was shaped there. His literal name was placed at Jerusalem in the formation of the mountains there. I, I will say to you today that where matters. God has a place prepared for you. Do you believe that? God has a place prepared for you. And in this place is where he put his name and he put his temple. The temple was different than the synagogues. Synagogues were local places that you would hear. But they would make pilgrimages and they would return to Jerusalem where the temple was. And it was here at the temple that Jesus comes in. When he gets into the temple, he notices that they are not obeying the word of the Lord as they should. Are they offering sacrifices? Yes. But, but what was wrong was is that they were buying doves instead of raising doves. It was different. It was, it was more convenient to pay for a dove than it was to clean the dove and feed the dove and have the dove and raise the dove from the house. The, the sacrifices were being sold. It's much easier to buy it and give it than it was to deal with it on a daily on a daily a daily plan or a daily rate. How many know it's true? Truth of the matter is money wasn't the problem as much as it was convenience of the sacrifice was the issue. And because the culture had had dove into a place of convenience, the business minds had taken advantage of it even at the temple to allow people to show up and offer offerings that they had nothing to do with. God never intended for your walk with Him to be convenient. He never wanted it to be about one day a week on a Sabbath. He wanted it to be something that it's Monday all the way through the week that you are preparing for Him. Can I say amen? I know you're probably surprised to hear this today, but the fact of the matter is he does not want your money. He wants your time. He wants to spend time with you. He's not interested in your finances. He owns the cat on a thousand hills. That's not what this was about. It was about people were being deceived and falling through a culture of just having him one day a week for a moment and the rest of the week doing whatever they wanted them to do. And when he walks in the building, it is money exchanging and convenience and just getting by and going home but not doing and receiving what they were supposed to be doing and receiving. Can I say to you, he shows us before he ever leaves the building that he wanted people to be able to come there and be with him so he could do for them what nobody else could do for him. This is not about religiosity. This is not about just going to the house of God on Sunday and say, well, I'm a Christian. Well, I went to the temple. I went to the, oh, no, no, no. It's not about making you feel better about obligations. It is about you needing him every single day of your life. I want him to know that I need him in my life. Amen. Somebody shout amen. Give us this day our daily bread. Amen. We need God to move in our lives and hearts. Praise God. I will go back to bring you to the importance and the significance of his house being called the house of prayer. But let's go back for a season. Let's go to the Old Testament 
and find a, a story of a man by the name of David who is a man after God's own heart, the Bible tells us. But when he became the king in Israel, Scripture tells us, it's probably my favorite verse in all the Scripture, portion of Scripture is Psalms 27. The Lord is the light of my life. He's the light of my salvation. Of whom shall I fear? One thing I've desired of the Lord. How many know the verse? One thing I've desired of the Lord and that will I seek after. That I may dwell where? In the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his, in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. And he shall set me up upon a rock. Amen. And we will offer sacrifices of joy unto him. David was talking about the house of the Lord and his relationship of inquiring and knowing about him. How I many of you can go to church and leave and your mind was on somewhere else? You ever been there? Yeah. I mean, they, they got finished. You sang the song, didn't think about the words. You was looking at your watch while the, while the preacher was preaching because you couldn't wait to eat chicken. How I many of you can go to church and not get anything out of it? Oh, yeah. We can get used to it. But when David went there, he went with an expectancy. I see some of you when I'm preaching that you're taking notes down because you're hungry and, and others don't mean it, others are listening, taking it into your spirit. And that's what we want from the house of God is, is to hear the word of the Lord and to inquire of him. How many want to grow and know the Lord? I want to know him. Oh, yes, I want to know him. Amen. But in 2 Samuel chapter 6, in verse 1, and it says, and again... David gathered together all the chosen men of Israel, 30,000. David arose and went with all the people that were with him from Baal of Judah to bring up from thence the ark of God, whose name is called by the name of the Lord of hosts that dwelleth between the cherubims. Now, can I teach you here for a little bit? And it's going to take me three weeks to, to, to wrap this up. But, and, uh, um, but I just feel like the Lord is going to visit us right in the middle of this message today. You want the presence of the Lord to be here today? I know he's already showed up, but he's going to get ready to show up in his room in just a moment while I'm teaching. When you begin to look, the Ark of the Covenant wasn't just another piece of furniture. It was, it was, it was told to Moses while he's in the mountain 40 days with no food and no water, and the Lord said, here's what I want you to do. I want you, while you're in the wilderness, to build a, a tabernacle. That means tent. It was, a, it was, a, it was a, mobile, a mobile house of God, if you will. It was a tent. And here's what I... Here's, here's how big it I want it to be. This is what I want it made out of. Here's the instruments in there. This is, what I, this is how you're to approach me and, and this is how they are to the high priest and what they're to wear and what they're to do and how to approach. You just can't, point was is that God was very detailed how he wanted people to come to him. God was very detailed. Why? How many know he was detailed when he built, told Noah, this is how long it's going to be, how tall, how wide. We can't fall into a culture that says it doesn't matter, you just got to believe. That's not biblical. Jesus said in John chapter 7 verse 38, He that believeth in me as the scripture hath said. And some people don't get answered prayers because they don't approach the God the way he said I'm to be approached. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be accepted. You know what that means? It's possible that my prayers and my meditations God does not accept. You know how many Christians I've talked to that have never seen a miracle? Never seen a miracle. And we've been flooded with miracles here. That's right. We're not the only church that sees miracles. But there's ways to get to God. And God has a way for you to come to him. 
And he tells Moses specifically, this is what I desire, this is what I want, and it will be here where at the tabernacle that I will dwell among you over the Ark of the Covenant. Ark of the Covenant was about 45 inches wide, uh, long, 27 inches wide, 27 inches tall. It was made of a specific wood called shittim wood. It's, it was almost like teak wood. You can bury it and 80 years later come back, it's in the same condition. condition. It's very, very, it was very dense. And uh, it was made because it was supposed to represent, um, the Ark of the Covenant was supposed to represent uh, immortal or incorruptible. You have that? It's what was made of that. It was overlaid with gold. I mean, gold represents king and authority. And uh, it's pretty interesting because uh, inside it was made like a box, about as big as your coffee table, as I said. But in there they, they put three things. They put the golden bowl of manna, represent the provision of God. And when they put it in there, manna was the bread from heaven that if you didn't eat it by the end of the day, it would rot and the worms would eat it. You had to get it fresh. But when it was placed in there, it never, it never corrupted. Because in his presence, things happen in the presence of God that cannot happen anywhere else. Preservation happens in the presence of God. The Ark of the Covenant was a representation of Christ. It was a representation of the, of the Spirit of the Lord among us. Y'all get what I'm teaching here today. Also, in the Ark of the Covenant, well, there was Aaron's rod that budded, and it represented a priesthood and authority. And you'll find uh, also was the, the law. The actual law that the commandments were given to Moses was put in there. On top, uh, let me stop here and say, the actual commandments that were given in the mountain by God were placed inside the Ark of the Covenant. Because you cannot separate God's presence from His Word. Don't let anybody tell you that the Word is not important. Because His presence will never show up that His Word is not in the middle of it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of the Lord. I'm going to tell you why people get away from the temple being the house of prayer and it just becomes a place of gathering because they start having church without the word. And anytime you remove the word and the teaching of the word and the word of God, the love of the word of God, it'll become a social gathering of inspiration and great stories and next thing you know the pulpit's political instead of scriptural. You must have his word or you do not have his presence. We're true worshipers, John 4 and 23. A man that worships the Father must worship him in spirit and in truth. I'm thankful for his presence, amen. But we got to have the word of the Lord because it's the word that will make you free. Somebody shout, I love his word. And, um, and so there, and when the, the lid, the lid, I feel like preaching here for a moment. The lid that was on that box, the Ark of the Covenant, also known as the Ark of the... Because when you get in covenant with God, it becomes the Ark of the Testimony. Amen. When you walk in covenant with God, you're going to have a testimony of what He provided, what He protected, what He did. He made a way where nobody else could make a way. I'm telling you, we serve the healer. I feel, amen, so moved in my spirit. Because the lid that fits so perfectly, matched perfectly on the Ark of the Covenant was about that thick. 
It was solid gold. It would have been very, very heavy to carry. But it was solid gold and set there. And it was called the mercy seat. The mercy seat. Because you cannot have his word and not need his mercy. Because it doesn't matter how good you try to live it. Our righteousness is as filthy rags. He said if you say we have no sin, talking to the church, you've deceived yourself and the truth is not in you. He said, oh my goodness. He said, but, but we have one that will cleanse us from all our rights. If we will confess our sins, he is faithful just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We don't have a priest that judges us. We have a priest that reaches for us and gives us mercy when we fail and when we make a mistake. You know why? So I can get back in alignment and live according to his word. Am I preaching to anybody in the building that you needed the mercy of God? Oh, clap your hands and thank him for his mercy. It covered the law. His mercy gives you provision. His mercy gives you authority. His mercy gives you forgiveness. It covers the law. And so on top of were the cherubims, and they were solid cherubims, angels that had their, had their wings up and their heads were down facing each other. You've seen the picture. And, um, but down and over top of it in a room that was pitch black with no external light, no internal light. There was a glowing presence called the Shekinah glory of God. Amen, the glory of God. And God said, this is where I will visit my people. So when they would move, and if they were going to cross, for instance, they were going to cross the Jordan River, they realized we can't cross the Jordan River unless we have the presence of God with us. The whole point is you never go where the presence of God is not moving. Never. As he leads, I will follow. In the morning, that pillar of cloud become a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. How many know it would move? It leads us and it guides us. Let's stop here because teaching sometimes we can get, you know, you're still back on point B and I'm on point D. Are y'all with me? So we're building up, why is, it, why is it called the house of prayer? God wanted there to be a place where you could come and touch him where you could come and respond to him. And he would, you would call him, he would respond. Pastor, this could happen in our car, happen in our home. Listen, some of my most powerful prayer meetings have been in my house, me and Jesus. It doesn't exclude the need of a place where we gather together and hear his word. Can you say amen? Even Jesus went to the temple. Can I stop here and say to you that the whole purpose of there being an Ark of the Covenant, it was a visible representation of what God is in our lives. He's our provider. He's our protector. He said if you will. Be my people. And live according to my word. I will be your God. And you will be my people. If you will be in covenant. And live according to my word. Everybody say his word. He said I'm going to do what nobody else can do for you. In the kingdom of God. We have a name that we can call on. He's as close as the mention of his name. David said, you come to me with a sword, a spear, and a shield, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. I've got a whole army that's with me greater than anything in front of me. 
Listen, I'm talking to believers today that we are in covenant with God. This isn't just about going to heaven. There are moments in life we need miracles. The doctor's giving us a report. Some things are going on in the family, and we don't need to know how it's going to get fixed. I tell you, we have this understanding. I can call on him, not just to get eternal life, but I can call on him to fix where I'm at right now. There's power in the name of Jesus. Come on, he can still open blinded eyes and deaf ears and remove tumors and heal diabetes and diseases and sicknesses. God gives us benefits in the kingdom of God. Praise the name of the Lord. And this ark will come that dwelt among them. This was, this was with them all the way in, into, in, in through, the, when the, through the time period of the judges and into the kings. You'll see in first and uh, first and second Samuel see it in the book of Kings and the book of Chronicles you're going to find that the Ark of the Covenant was there uh, initially in a tent and when David David sees this something had happened and what had happened is the children of Israel allowed sin disobedience to the word of the Lord and God allowed his presence to be removed from them God allowed himself it was a physical representation of the when the ark was stolen by the Philistines, it was removed and put in the Philistine camp. And judgment had come. Hophni and Phineas are dead. Eli the high priest, when he hears that the ark of the covenant, are y'all with me? Because of sin and mistreating the house of God and robbing from the altar, become a den of thieves, if you will. And uh, those, 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 that ministry and that family had, had polluted the altars of the Lord and, and the enemy came in and, listen, they had great shouting. But they didn't have obedience to the word because a worship service would never replace obedience to the word of God. It's not right to have praise and worship team that's not living right. I don't care how inspiring, how great they sing, how great the music is, how good the drummer is, how good the choir is. It doesn't matter if it's unrighteous. Because praise teams don't bring victory. The word and obedience to the word will always bring victory to every enemy in your life. Can you say amen? Praise the name of the Lord. It's awesome when, praise team, when the praise team, music team, the choir, the preacher, whoever are righteous people. And it was an unrighteous period of time. And when it happened, the enemy came in, knowing the Ark of the Covenant was there. The enemy came in and heard the children of Israel shouting and scared them. And they said, oh no, we're going. They went and they, they killed Hophni and Phinehas. And they took the Ark of the Covenant and they took it to the Philistine camp. And they, they put it in the house of Dagon. And they said, look at the victory our God has brought to us. Hold on a minute. As long as we got the, the ark, we're good. Listen, you've got to have the word of God in your life. You just can't treat the word of the Lord any way you want to. You just can't treat the presence of God any way that you want to. And I feel this today. We've got to fall in love again with the presence of God. There ought to be a reverence to us, to him. Amen. From us to him that his, he is holy. He is righteous. I just don't go to church any way I want to. Just go do whatever I want to do. I want to please the Lord. 
I feel in the building today, God wants to move in America again the way he did in the early 1900s. But it's not just going to happen because we went to church. It's going to happen because we understand what the church house is for. It is for his presence and it's for me to do what I'm supposed to do, what he would have me to do according to his word. Somebody say amen. Miracles don't happen by accident. Revivals don't happen by accident. When you look and see what happened, they took the Ark of the Covenant and hid in the house of Dagon. The, the priest's sons died. And when Eli heard the Ark of the Covenant was gone, he fell and broke his neck and died. Judgment had come to that place. It was such a wearisome time to know the presence of God was removed. Phineas' wife named her baby that was born. Ichabod means the glory of the Lord has departed. I'm going to tell you right now. I do not want to be separated from the presence of God. You've never felt anything until you have been separated from the peace and the presence of God. The Bible says that even in the end time judgment that they will be separated from the presence of God. You don't want that. You've never felt such unhappiness and lack of peace. And there's some people in this building that are here today. You, you, you have felt disconnected from that. I come to tell you, God doesn't want you to stay disconnected from that. But it was the mercy of the Lord because God never intended to be separated from his people forever. And those people started seeking God and God started working on their behalf when they weren't where they were supposed to be. Can I preach to you that when he was in the house of Dagon, he brought judgment to the enemy? When they were fretting, where's God? What's God going to do? God still worked on their behalf when it looked like he was separated from them and the God of the enemy fell down. Head broke off, hands broke off, that, that idol God collapsed. I'm telling you what I feel. There's some of you who have made mistakes, went away from his word, and you feel like his presence went away from you. But God is not finished doing what he said he's going to do. There's been some chaos in the family. Chaos in the situation. And you say, preacher, I sinned. I did some things I shouldn't have done. And it looks like God's long way from away from me. Guess what? He's not finished with you. Just because he seems separated doesn't mean he's done. And all of a sudden, judgment came to the thing that was trying to destroy him. God's judgment came at the center of their house of God. They brought the Ark and the Covenant into the house of Dagon, which was their temple, to their God. They wake up one morning, they wake up one morning to go to go worship their God. The Ark of the Covenant is set at the feet of this, this idol they've got set up. When they open the door of the temple, they look, their God has fell down as if it's bowing to the Ark of the Covenant. Notice, they never worshipped the Ark of the Covenant. Children of Israel didn't. It was only a representation. Because they weren't supposed to bow to any graven image. They didn't worship the Ark. The Ark of the Covenant was an altar. It was where you put something on. It wasn't what you prayed to. We don't worship pictures. We don't worship crosses. We don't worship images. Come on now. We worship the Spirit of the Almighty God. And when we start worshiping Him, He always shows up. I come to preach to you, God is going to make a way where there seemeth to be no way. I wish somebody would say in your spirit, God is not finished with my situation. (laughs) 
They go in there and they set that idol back up in the temple. They set it back up in the temple. The next day, the next day when they wake up, their idol had fallen. The head had broke off. The hands were broke off. And judgment came to the thing that was attacking them. God understands your flesh. God understands that we waver. All we like sheep have gone astray. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. It's not I messed up one and God gets rid of me. Oh, no, 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 no. When you thought he was away from you forever, he was behind the scenes taking care of some things that were trying to destroy you and your family. I told you the Lord's going to show up and I feel him coming into the building right now. God's going to fix what you can never fix. He's going to take care of what you can never take care of. He's not finished yet. He is not finished with your children. He's not finished with your marriage. He's not finished with your mind. He's going to fix it. Somebody shout, God's going to fix it. Oh, yeah. And all of a sudden... Judgment comes upon them, thousands of the enemy. What he brought judgment. They said, we can't have the Ark of Covenant here anymore. We can't have the children of Israel's altar here any longer. We've got to see, we've got to get it out of here. If we don't get this presence out of here, if we don't get this out of here, we're all going to die. Do you know what they did? They, they, I'm going to tell you right now, when God visits your enemy, they're going to scatter. Some of you have been under attack, I understand. Some of you have made decisions that were not beneficial to, to where you are right now. But can I tell you, you remember, on, the, on that Ark of the Covenant was just not as law and what would happen if you disobeyed the law. What covered the law was the mercy seat. And the mercy seat gives you permission to come back to him and he's got every answer, he's got every solution. I come to tell you, God's going to fix it. God's about to turn this thing around. You thought it was over, but it's not over. It's not over. It's not over. It's not over. Brother Tony, oh my goodness. Somebody shout a house of prayer. A house of prayer is a place you can come back to and get it right. A house of prayer. Brother Tony Richard, when he came back to the Lord, he will tell you when I was 18, I walked away from God. He will tell you, he'll tell you it was my decision. I should have stayed, but I left. 22 years later, 22 years later, separated from the presence of God. Moments of doubt and unbelief, not going to the house of God. Had wonderful parents in the house of the Lord that I know fretted. One was a local pastor here in this town. Pray and seek the Lord. But it was on one morning. He wakes up and he wakes up and looks at his wife and said, I'm going to the altar today. 22 years separated. 22 years out of the church. But just one day and one nudge of God's spirit. You see, God's not confined to a building. He can walk into the house of a backslider. When he gets in the house, when he walks in the day God's house, come on, I can't help but get a little bit excited. When he walks into the house of Dagon, he's God. When he walks into the house of Dagon, he's the king. He can walk into that situation. How many know he's greater than any circumstance? He's greater than any problem. He can heal. Oh, is there any witnesses in the building? You say, he walked into my life and he set me free. He can walk right into that situation and everything bothering him leaves. 
And when Brother Tony walked in, I'm telling you, God's going to come in. God's going to visit places that are not in the house of God. He's going to visit places and he's going to become the authority where there's been chaos. Do you believe he can do that? Oh, but pastor, I sin. Even more the reason for him to show up. He said in John 15, you didn't choose me, I chose you. He didn't find you at the altar. He saw you when you was all by yourself in a mess thinking he didn't care. He walked into your world. The Bible says he went to him. He showed up where you were. Somebody say amen. House of prayer. House of prayer. Oh God, I feel the Lord right now. How, how many of you need a miracle in your life? There are people in this room who said, I'd like to have a miracle, but I failed God. I'd like God to do this, but it's my fault. It's a mess. Can I tell you right now, the mercy of God is greater than your mistake. The mercy of God. It's, I want you to say with me, the word is covered by mercy. You know where the blood of the lamb would go? It would be sprinkled in the holy place, holy of holies, on the mercy seat. Because his blood is sufficient for every failure Every mistake that I have ever made. Oh, somebody say amen. Now, I've lost track of time here today. I don't think you, I think you have too, because I feel this congregation's with me preaching right now. I told you I wouldn't finish it today. But I'm telling you what I feel. The Lord has come to this place for a divine visitation now. He has come to set you free from every mistake and everything connected that came with that mistake. God has come to this room to fix it. Because when you couldn't and you want to name it, the glory has departed. God said, oh no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready to fix what you think was done and over. I'm getting ready to take care of it. I'm going to do, come on, he can heal whoever he wants to heal, forgive whoever he wants to forgive. I wish somebody would stand and say, there's revival in my family. Come on, there's revival in my family. God's about to do a great work in my family. He's about, about to baptize your mind with love and forgiveness. He's about, about to baptize your family with love and forgiveness. He's about to bring something that only His presence can bring. Mercy and grace and provision and protection. His, it seems like He's been away He's just taking care of something that wanted to destroy you later. He's not done. I can't say it enough. He's not done. He's not done. He's not done. How many of you want the Lord to finish the work that he began in your life? Lift your hands and call on the name of the Lord or you lift your voice. I want you to call on him. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. I say this and we're going to pray. How many of you in this room made mistakes you thought God would never come back to my life again? And if you raise your hands, be honest with the pastor. Almost everybody in the building. Almost in every case, something or someone led you astray. But you took the hit for it, the blame for it. When it looked like he was stolen 
He was just being strategically located on what was the capital of the enemy of your situation. And when you thought he was removed from you, he was taking care of business. I'm going to go ahead and tell you that he's already performed the miracle. You just haven't seen it come to you yet. But there's a cart that has been built. And the enemy's tired of God loving you so much that he's destroying him. That the Spirit of the Lord is going to come back in your life just any day from now. There's a cart built and the, there's, there's a cow that has a, has, a, has a calf that's been hooked up to the cart that's carrying the Ark of the Covenant. And when they put it on the cart, it wasn't on a, it wasn't on a chariot where somebody's whipping the cow. The cow was just drawn leaving its calf, which was unnatural, proving the spiritual return of God. That it leaves its, its milk calf, lowing as it went. You know where it was headed to? The presence of the Lord was coming home. And something that would have normally not left is leaving and coming, proving that God was drawing His presence back to your life. You are here, you feel separated and disconnected because of sin, things that's happened to you, some things you never even invited. And you've said, Pastor, I felt like God couldn't love me or this would have never happened. Why did this happen to me? Can I tell you, sometimes we pay the price of what somebody else did to us and you feel disconnected from God. But I'm going to tell you right now, God's going to fix everything that was against you and His presence is going to walk right back in your life. Hallelujah. If you will pray today and come back to Him, I promise you, He's on His way back to you. He's coming. You're going to feel Him greater than you've ever felt Him. This, this, this altar here today is certainly for everybody. But the whole purpose of the house of God is that the lame and the broken and the blind can come to the presence of Jesus and He healed them. He's not pushing you away. He's calling you closer to Him. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. That's what Jesus said, and I will give you rest. Come back. I'm coming to you. And I need you to start making your way to me. That's what I hear Him saying. This is not an entertainment house. This is a house of prayer. It's where when you call on him, he responds. I'm telling you right now, some of you have fretted and worried. The glory of the Lord's gone. It's over. It's done. I'm going to tell you right now, God's taking care of what you thought was over and he's fixing it. And now his presence is coming back to you. He's coming back to Jerusalem. He's coming home where you live. He's going to go to your house with you. But he's not done. He's not done. Tony Richards stood right there, and I'll never forget the words of his the words when he woke up and said, I'm going to the altar today. I didn't know, I, I'd only met him once or twice, didn't know him, didn't know his story. He came and lifted his hands 22 years away from God and lifted his hands. Tears run down his face, was renewed in the Holy Ghost. I'll never forget what he told me. He said, 22 years away from God and five minutes in his presence, and I've got all the peace I hadn't had in 22 years. God is about to heal emotions. brokenness
inadequacies, doubting and fretting. But it's up to you. And I hear the Lord saying, come home. I've already fixed it. I haven't held it against you. I don't reward according to iniquity, he said in Psalms 103. I've come to visit you according to your sin. I've come with mercy today. There's so many people around this room that if you just take a step of faith, he said, draw it out of me and I'll draw it out of you. If you take a step of faith and get out of your seat, you're going to find the Lord visiting you. He's already touching you right now because your heart's already went toward him. And I wonder who would step out of their seat today and say, I'm getting back in the presence of God. Come on, I wonder who has a situation that you would step out of your seat and say, I, I need a miracle in my life. Come on, don't wait on your neighbor. Today, God's going to fix it. Come on, Brother Dylan, I want you to come and sing. The Lord has already taken care of the behind-the-scenes things that you thought was over and lost. He's fixing it. Bringing, he's bringing the miracle back. You watch and see. Hallelujah. Come on, if you ever sin and walk away from God, you ought to be in this altar again saying, God, I'm asking you to touch my situation. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.